Once again, I'm so excited to welcome Yael Trust to our talks about Shalom bias and money, or money and Shalom bias, because they're so interrelated. Uh, there's many, many statistics that show how the correlation between money and whatever's going on in the money situation and the Shalom bias. So really want to touch on this from several angles. So thank you for last, week, for last week's talk. And those are, that is available on our website. And today we'll be talking about something a little bit different about how to support your husband in his work for Shalom by Ephraim Parnassa. Of course, that's not to say that many women are not contributing to the Parnassa, but this talk is about how to support your husband. And uh, there's different roles and different ways that people understand the roles of who brings in the Parnassa. So let's talk to that. So again, Yael, you did speak to us last week, but let's again jump in and, uh, a little bit of introduction about the work that you do in this space. Absolutely, absolutely. So I am a, a prosperity coach, a money coach. I help Jewish women find financial clarity and confidence, build financial clarity and confidence around their money, obviously, to build a richer life. So my focus is working with women helping them with that confidence and that clarity so they can build a richer life. And I'm on, I host a podcast, like we talked about last week, Jewish Latin Princess, which is soon going to be called Jewish Money Matters. I write for Chabad.org. I write for Age. I have uh, several online programs that I teach and also my one-on-one -on -one coaches. And um, this is one of my favorite topics because like you said, they're so interrelated, right? Money and marriage. Once we get married, we're going to be talking about money, hopefully for the rest of our lives, right? And we're going to- if we're not talking, we need to, we need money, regardless if we talk about it or not, so we may as well be having good conversations. Exactly. And based on last week's session, everybody who was there and everybody who's going to watch the replay is going to have amazing conversations. <laughs> so today we'll be talking about how to support Parnassa, uh, how to support our husband in Parnassa. Um, and for those men who are watching, um, some of it may be in reverse, but some of it understand, uh, but this is not really for the men. So let's go. Uh, so let's talk about what we are talking about and what we're not going to be talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. So what we are going to be talking about is how do we create a relationship in which our husbands feel supported by us and encouraged and uplifted. So let's say we've identified based on our financial conversations, based on those money dates, based on trying to be in the same loop, that there is an income challenge, right? Where our husbands or our, our entire household, we're not making as much as we need to, to cover for our needs, right? So how do we approach that in a way that the shalom and the family, the shalom bayit is still intact? Because I think that's a real challenge for a lot of couples. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there are many women understand to support and sometimes they get it right and sometimes they're all a little off base. So can we talk a little bit about what, what works and why it works and then maybe yeah. what doesn't work and why yeah. it doesn't work? I'll just raise my hand right now and say that I'm one of these women who didn't always get it right. And I still don't always get it right. Right. I can tell you if we go back to our conversation last week about our money stories, right. I grew up with a certain money story and paradigm about this Prince Charming, who's going to take care of me for the rest of my life. And so once we get, you get into a marriage and certain realities hit and business has its ups and downs. Right. And I, 
I realized about myself, my own personal situation that I felt like my husband was doing something really wrong, right? Like if business was not going the way it was supposed to be according to plan, right? He's to blame. There's something wrong with this person. This person is not fulfilling a certain personal need that I have, right? We talked about that inner child that we have to heal and work through, right? So I'll be the first one to admit that this is when the real work has to happen. So what tends to happen, Devora, very often is that we talk about this in, complete, in the absolutely wrong way. And what do I mean by that? I think like rule number one here for me, what I've learned and what I teach my students is stop telling him that he needs to make more money. Stop well, nagging. Stop telling. nagging, right? He already knows it. You both know it. You've looked at the numbers. So we go again to this premise where we're looking to build us, right? This is a situation of us, but let's, let's say that we are in a marriage where right now, for whatever reason, maybe we have little kids, maybe we've made a decision that we don't want to work. We're not the main breadwinner of the household, or maybe we don't bring any income, right? So maybe the whole burden falls on him, right? It's still us. This is still something that it's about us. So by us telling another person, even though we might think, oh, I'm just making suggestions on how he could be better and how he could improve. What often happens is that what they're hearing is criticism. What they're hearing is disappointment, right? And nobody wants, nobody wants that. That builds a lot of tension. And so the peace that we want to build for the blessing to come is actually not being built. So we got to stop telling people, telling our husbands that they need to make more money, right? We have to take this as also, I want to add something here, and Devorah, you probably know this, right? That people rise up to expectations. And so when the message sounds, you're not competent, like you're not competent enough, right? right? That's exactly what we're going to create. That's what we're going to, oh, so that's the expectation. But when we shift this to respect, admiration, to together, how can I help? How can... I be more creative with the expensive side. What, what could we do together, right? And keep the, the, the admiration for your spouse intact and the respect that shifts the equation, that shifts everything. I should add something here that's really, really important. And it's the idea of focusing on what we do have rather than what we don't have. And why do I say that? For, for a few reasons. Number one, because obviously what we focus on is what we create, right? That's the power of our thoughts. That's right. So going back to the expectations we have of the husband, but also our own inner work, right? Because going back to my story, and I think a lot of people could be, could relate to this, right? Going back to my story, I think that I came into this paradigm of this Prince Charming, who was going to save me. And I, in a way that I felt like if everything worked according to plan, plan, and this person is going to provide abundantly for me, right? I will never have to worry about money. But guess what? It turns out that I discovered that I worry about money. And so here's the newsflash, ladies. We have to do the work. We have to focus on what we need to do which is gratitude for what we have, appreciating what we have, appreciating our husbands, right? And building something called trust that we touched upon 
last week, right? And so it's like what I'm, everything that I'm going to say today, it feels counterintuitive and it is counterintuitive because what I want to try to get at is this idea that the focus is not so much on him. Actually, it's not at all on him. It's on us. This whole, remember last week I said how this, any financial challenge is an opportunity for us for self-growth, for our, our own personal relationship with ourselves, our relationship with God and our relationship with our husband, those three things, right? What we're talking about today becomes working on your relationship with yourself and on your relationship with God more than with him. So the minute we, it's more, it's easier to say, to be focused on what he's not doing right and how he could be doing better and how he could be more assertive or more aggressive or more creative, all the things than to work on. Why do I worry so much? Where it, where is it? Where's that habituation of worry that guess what? Even if he made more, I guarantee you that that's not going to solve the issue. I guarantee you that there is still something in the fundamental. So the fundamental of our finances always has to be that trust. So here's an incredible opportunity. Number one, we have to start to stop telling them um, that they need to make more money. Number two, we have to focus on what we actually have and make that our appreciate what we really do have instead of worrying about everything that we don't have build that trust in God, the one above. Cause here's also the thing often happens. We think we need to take this conversation with him. And I always say the result that your husband is achieving is not your husband. Like if you have a problem with it, take it up to God, right? He's making the effort and you have to make your effort on your area of life. Right. But if whatever issue we have, we have to take it up to the one above who can control the situation. We have to build that relationship. And the beautiful thing is that when we're working on ourselves by default, he is also going to mirror that. Right. And any self-growth that we do, he's going to, it just, it's a trickle effect. Right. And it goes, goes back to him. So by cultivating that trust, we do not some, not only do we cultivate the trust in God, but guess what happens also? We eventually, the trust in him is also built because once we really internalize the idea that there is a God in the world that has put me together with this man, that we are actually soulmates, that whatever is happening right now with our income is for whatever reason, I don't understand right now for our own good, right? It automatically built that I, or nourishes that idea that this is exactly where I need to be with this person, with all his qualities and attributes and everything else. So to see what this is very nuanced and very complex, but it's not one dimensional. What we're, we're working on trickles into everything. Your trust in God, eventually your trust in him, that confidence that he needs, he needs to feel respected. He needs to feel appreciated, right? So it affects then how we talk to him. So all the things. So there's just a few things. I have so much more to say on this topic, but this is just a few things to get us started to understand that it's counterintuitive. When we say um, supporting our husband's efforts in Parnassa, it might sound like, well, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to come up with creative ideas. And what I'm saying here is, how about we stop focusing so much on him and we start focusing more on ourselves? Definitely. So you said a lot, a lot of, elements there. And I think that what I got out of it, and I'll listen to it again slowly in the recording, is that if we focus on what we have, we end up with a better attitude in general. And when we're in a better space, we end up talking to him 
or and uh, and within ourselves but this is on the talking to him part in a from a better place people don't like to be nagged not men not women not children nobody exactly and when we think less of them or if they hear that we think less of them then they're coming from a place of fear and not a place of creativity and not a, from a place of confidence right they're coming to defend themselves right because they feel threatened now so again now it's not us right now it's all of a sudden it's not a partnership all of a sudden it's adversarial right so how do we create this to be a a, a a marriage where there is safety there is a space where we can talk about the financial situation without feeling criticized right with without feeling like the other person is going to put us down or is going to be critical on all the things and again like we said last week it comes with practice so the more we've been having these conversations, the better we get at it. It's I'm not expecting for any of us to now in one day become a master of, of the art of communication, but the idea is to really make this such an important, a priority in our marriage because it affects every, every part of our marriage. You mentioned uh, about appreciating him. So of course it comes from appreciating from within mm -hmm. and many times our language follows the way we really feel. But sometimes it also can go from the way we speak that it helps us have uh, build it from within. Yeah. Do you have some ideas of language that can land well? And of course, when we the first few times it may not come out well, but do you have some ideas that, or so maybe the flip, maybe some things that don't usually land well? Yeah. Well, let's set, let's do the positive, right? And and we get used to it, you know. Even let's give a scenario where let's go to the business deal that did not go well, right? Your husband was expecting to close a transaction. It didn't go as planned, right? He's really disappointed because you were counting on that income, right? So we could say, um, well, he doesn't respect you. They tricked you. They this, they're that. Or we could say, you know what? It's all from God. You've done an amazing job. And I know the right opportunity is coming. And so what he hears is, oh my gosh, she's not desperate. She trusts in God. Like she's like, she, he doesn't hear the panic, right? Because when we come from that perspective, like, I know you've been trying so, God, so hard. It must be that God has another plan for us. See, it's us. It's I'm in it with you, right? There's nothing wrong with you that this went wrong. God didn't want it to happen, right? You're still, you're still my hero in the picture, right? Because we're in a partnership, because we're in a marriage with God. So that is all language that it's not saying this, this is not what just happened. Yes, of course, it's, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But I know that there's something great coming because you're amazing and God is amazing. And I believe in that, right? And so we're, we're with that language, we're strengthening our own trust. And there's an element of fake it till you make it, right? You got to practice trust day in and day out. And automatically, we're bringing that consciousness into him. Like, oh, there's that bitachon work for him, but it's, it's, it's you, right? But just to say so something else slightly different is that we make money so that we can have the things that we need, but God has other ways of getting things to you. Absolutely. Like, you know, I mean, our house was destroyed by Sandy and all of a sudden we got this insurance money. We have a whole new first floor. And oh my gosh. And I love that you say that example because this, this is part of what should become the regular lexicon in a marriage, right? Recognizing the incredible miracles and recognizing that we are never in charge of the how things happen. 
we work, we put the effort, we have a very clear why of why we're here to serve Hashem with all our talents, with all our our capabilities, with all our opportunities and resources, but the how it's going to pan out, we don't know. We think it's with this client and time and time again, my husband now just see it. How many times we thought it was from that deal. And all of a sudden it's like you said, it's from an insurance thing, or it's from just left field, this client that we were never expecting, right? Or this transaction that was, we talked about it 10 years ago, right? And all of a sudden somebody said, and they're closing on the property or whatever it might be, right? And so you see, again, it's bringing that consciousness into the money conversations and, and, and reducing the, the panic and the attachment to the how this has to be this way. No, no, no. It's all good. There is, and you're an amazing person and we're in it together. Right. And, and, and the encouragement part I would add to this is allow your husband to recognize those talents. You should see them and you should mention them, right? If your husband is an incredible financial person with an incredible brain for numbers, right. And that's some just compliment freely. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we're so quick to point the negative. And it's like psychologists say like one negative thing is going to destroy how many of the positive, right? So we do it with this, with our children. We've trained ourselves, right? To speak positive. Well, the same with our spouses. And some people will say, well, he's a big boy. He can handle it. No, we're all human. We're all human. And just like you want to be appreciated, he wants to be appreciated. And on top of that, men in general, they need respect. That's like the air that they breathe. <laughs> yeah, but also to add to that, uh, like uh, different men have different strengths. And if you think that the strength is only going to come from creativity, let's just say, because that's po- possibly that it's your strength. Different strength, dependability is a huge strength. Huge. Creativity is a huge strength. So it can come from different places. And it may not have been the strength that you think is the way where money's going to come from but everyone has strengths that's how we're all created god created us with strengths excellent point excellent point and it goes back to the god decides how the money and you might think no a person who's like my brother or my father that's how the money comes you have to be this type of business person that you can't be no 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 no. who said you're you married this spouse with these strengths and these these capabilities that's the channel for his bracha I also found like with, especially with younger men, younger husbands who don't have a lot of work experience for young wives, they know their father or their, you know, and their father, they don't remember when their father was a newlywed and just starting yeah. out. So true. So, so true. I like, I, I, I'm happy that you mentioned that because that's, that's often overlooked. So hopefully we have some younger people in the audience listening. That's something to really keep in mind. Remember that this is a journey that you're embarking in together. And what's important here is to cultivating the us, creating an environment where it's always about us building together. And so we're going to be in this journey together and there's going to be ups and downs. What's the foundation going to be like, right? And, you know, we know that the woman is the foundation of the home and that that really is not that that really spiritually that's it so you when we work on ourselves and we work on that trust and we work on creating that safe space where the husband feels that it's okay to communicate with my wife about money and it's okay she's not going to panic she's in it with me right all the things and he he feels like you're on the same team like we talked about it last week right like 
if there's a time where you need to cut expenses, if there's a time where you need to include him more, she needs to be more included, whatever it is that you're in it together. Those, those are the things that are going to carry you through the journey in a much healthier way where again, the peace is intact. So when we talk about his strength, just to circle back, uh, sometimes you can tell what his strengths are and sometimes so not your space of strength that you may not recognize it. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to mute someone. Uh, but if you did uh, try to really find what the strength is so that you could actually name it and find examples for it. So there are some of these like strength, strength finders or assessments that you can actually take that quiz if you can't find it on your own. And then you can know what it is and look for examples of it because those are his strengths. So, uh, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that that's, that's really great, but where it could get a little tricky is we don't want to be the one who tells our husband, go get, go take a strength test test. Right. <laughs> so Right. So but, but sometimes it, it could flow in naturally. Exactly. So we want to make sure that this falls in natural. And the most natural way that it could fall, it could land is when we're doing it for ourselves. Again, it, it, when we're, we're curious to find what are those, those things that I like, that I love, that the world recognizes about me, that the world wants and the world is willing to pay for, right? And you start discovering this for yourself and you talk to him about it. And, and you say, and you know, for, in your case, I would say it would be these things. And he'd be like, really? Well, I don't love that that much. Or I actually love this. Or I agree with you. I'm really good at that. Right. Having those conversations rather than like, oh, I think you need to take a, str a strength test. You see the difference? But also, yeah, definitely. But I also think that when you actually just look at the strengths, the, the list of possibility of strengths, and you may be, you know, see, oh, he is that. And he is that. And he's that. Yes. So you to take the test, but just see a list of things so that it can help you trigger your thought about, oh, he's, he's dependable or he's, you know, creative or he's good with numbers or whatever it is. Just because sometimes it's hard when the whole wide world is open to our thinking, it makes it harder. But looking through a list of 50, you can say, oh, he's this, this, and this and pull out examples. So as you, so. And you know what? Yeah. And you know what you just reminded me, which is something so critical to this conversation is gratitude, right? It's expressing gratitude. Like sometimes we feel like, oh, well, what does he bring to the table, right? And if he's not bringing in enough money and we're so stuck in that, but there's a lot of things that our spouses do for us and, and, and for our well-being and for fulfillment. There is so much that goes into a marriage, right? And so you just reminded me, like focusing on cultivating that attitude of gratitude where we actually sit and we, we, we think about all the amazing little things that we're grateful for that, you know, that there are so many things that we're grateful for. And yes, tell them, tell, tell your spouse that you're so grateful that he took out the kids when you needed to rest or that he slept to your mother's house to bring the soup or that he took out the garbage, like cultivate that. This is, it's a relationship and it needs to be nourished. And this is how we nourish it. Um, so be that wife that it, who expresses the gratitude and, and that, you know, notice you are such a dependable person. You're so reliable. You're so creative, you know, uh, when we used to talk about the children's and make, making your thinking visible, I think the here too, when we may think it and, you know, we're, we're, we are, really are grateful. I didn't have to take out these, the garbage into the snow. Okay. You, maybe you're from Texas and you don't understand that, <laughs> but, uh, it's a big deal. So we I'm think sure. it, but we sometimes don't say it. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot about making it visible. 
I love and then that. Watching the kids, I and mean, the kids can watch you make it visible, and they can also just becoming a more of an attitude of gratitude all around. Yes, yes, yes. So here you're helping yourself, you're helping your spouse. He feels supported because he's in a safe environment where he where he feels appreciated. Again, when we feel safe, when we feel appreciated, when we feel like all of us is accepted and is welcome here we are more creative. We are in a better place, right? So that's how it works. It doesn't work by saying you need to go make more money. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit, like if you have an idea that you think that really would enhance a particular deal that he's working on, or you heard about a class that may, you know, a little short course that may help him. Should we bring it up? How might we bring it up? Great question. Great question. So I think, I think, yes, if the, if the relationship has been nurtured in a way that these conversations are normal and, and not, if this is like something that we brought up because we want them to do this. So meaning we, my husband and I happen to have money dates, you know, a lot, and we go out on dates anyway, a lot, right? So we do happen to talk about self-growth a lot, right? Because we're both entrepreneurs. And so we've, we've gotten used to talking about the ups and downs of the many businesses that he's had, right? And how we've coped through the years. So for me to bring up something, a course that I heard about, or an idea for somebody that he might contact for a real estate deal or whatever deal he's working on, doesn't sound like nagging and it doesn't sound like I don't trust him, right? Because there's a whole context. So I want to go back to how do we start creating a relationship where there is that safe space, where we we take time to talk about what interests us, about what's worrying us, about what we appreciate about each other. So that yes, when you have those ideas, you can say them, obviously with with a with a not an, an an accusatory language in any way or dismissive language and they're welcome so it's all about the culture from before especially you have to have that culture so that you can bring up these things yes yes exactly exactly and just to add to that short list before is like to give feedback if you let's say you did hear and make a presentation and you had some ideas of how it could have been even more effective so you need to have the right culture before you can actually bring it up. And sometimes, even sometimes. If many times, yeah, even if you have the culture, many after the fact, many, you, you just need to be quiet. You just need to be quiet. Cause again, you just have to remember he did the best he could. And there is Ashgaha and there is a God in the world. And who says that the way you think he should have done it is really what's going to yield the result. No, no. Again, it's the ego gets in the way. We just have to be quiet, allow the person to sit with whatever result came out of their presentation or their meeting or whatever, and just be there for them without saying how it could have been better. What if he asks for feedback? Mm-hmm. Oh, what if he asks for feedback? Then we tread carefully. Then we really tread carefully because sometimes people are asking for feedback and they're not ready, right? And and and, and if, 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 they, if you realize they're not ready and it's getting into heated tension or not, you know, not, not healthy. It's okay. It's like a money date. It's okay to say, you know what, this is like, let's talk about this later. Like, it's okay. I'm here to support you. It's all good. Like it's going to be fine. Okay. I don't want you to take any of this the wrong way. And I'm sorry if it sounded the wrong way, you know, like that's okay. We, we could just know when to cut it short. Yeah. You could stop right in the middle of a sentence. If you realize it's going the wrong way. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do, do over, but later. Let's, you know. Mm-hmm. So oh, no, this question came in. There is this philosophy that allow him to take care of all the money and then he'll realize that there needs to be more income, not to bring it in at all, bring it up at all. Okay. You know, I'm going to feel really strongly about, right? <laughs> about this. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, so this is this is this is this is two things, okay? I'm not an allow him to be in control of the money. Um, and that way he'll realize because I'm all for transparency. We've talked about this here. And in that transparency, yes, there are gonna be mutually agreed upon tasks that we can each own, meaning you're responsible for them but I'm still informed of what's going on. And if I needed to take over, I'm able to take them over, right? So that's where the transparency goes. And so with that, we have to allow the other person to own that part of the responsibility that it's been mutually agreed upon, okay? And they will make mistakes. That's normal. Just like you will, will make mistakes in your, your side of the deal, okay? But what I don't like about this approach is the allow him to take over everything so that he'll realize, see, because it's a, now all of a sudden, again, where's the us? It's like, no, 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 there's transparency. There's an us. We can realize it together and we can help each other together. Right. And again, just like he sees the numbers, you sees the numbers. We don't have to rub it in people's faces. Like we know it, but the, the whole, where I really struggle with this is the whole let him do it all because that could lead to so many other problems. What we're trying to build is a unified court where there is transparency, where everybody's empowered and there, are, there can be and will be mutually agreed upon responsibilities based on strengths, based on time available, right? And that's okay, but it's mutually agreed upon. And, and there's always communication, constant communication. We're both in the loop. So I was saying about that attitude, I just, the, the, the whole idea of let him, you know, just doesn't sound right. It's like, let him see that he's failing. Let him, you know, like, I don't, just doesn't sound yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what we're going for, guys. It's not what we're going for. We're going for a team. We're not going for adversarial. Well, if, if, if only he did this, he would realize there's no, it's not he and me, he and I, it's us. Well, the other thing is that if, if he, if it, if he, doesn't do well with it and he if it may sink to you know, very hard and it's much harder to pull out even if it's together so it's like this I don't see the value in working that way but it is a philosophy that you know Go, goes goes around there's a question here on the chat that came in from Debbie in Spanish if you want you have other questions but I'm just saying there's one I could translate for Go everybody ahead. Go ahead for now. okay so she asked if there, I'm translating, so bear with me, guys. Is there a, a way to manage money, quote unquote, perfectly, meaning is, is it better than the husband provide or that they both provide? Okay. So, so the question is, is there a better system? And I don't know what better means if she's asking according to Torah or whatever, is it better that we allow him to provide or that both provides? I think here, on exact. Okay. So that's what she means. Okay. I think that this is something that works within the marriage and during the whole journey of marriage. Okay. I don't think here there is a right or wrong flat out answer for every couple, but something that you are meant to develop on your own. 
Debbie. I think that there are going to be stages in your marriage where one of you is going to bring in, be bringing in more money and be more involved in bringing the money. And there's going to be stages when the other one is, and there's going to be stages where perhaps both of you are. Okay. And that's part of the journey. Um, so I don't think there's one perfect way. I think it goes back to those values and what, what kind of life do we want to build together and how do we get there? And, and I also want to actually touch up on something that's really important here that our mission in life is not to pursue the money, right? We are here to serve our creator with all of our talents and all of our resources, internal and external. And the money comes as a, as a result of that. So that might mean that at some point you're both developing in that area and you're both bringing in money and that's fine. There might be other times in your marriage where one of you is more focused on the children than the other one. And that's also fine. Okay. So you, there's no perfect system. I think it's something that needs to be again in an environment where communication is always open and we're building, we're focusing on our values and we're creating financial objectives based on values. All of this starts falling into place. So I hope that helps Debbie. That's very important. Yeah, a question that came in. Uh, my husband has all these crazy ideas to make money. So far, mm -hmm. none have panned out. How do I tell him that? Or in other words, what do I do when he has ideas that I think will not work out successfully? I, 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 feel, I feel that question. Honestly, I feel that question because when you're married to an entrepreneur, this is kind of the roller coaster that you're up against. And I want to go back and... People are not going to like me for this. <laughs> I want to go back to here. The honest is on you. The honest is on you to strengthen your ability to manage the roller coaster, strengthen your ability to weather the storm. The only way that we can in life is through trusting God. And the more you do that, the more he will feel your trust in him and he will trust his creator too. So I know I'm not saying, telling to you what you probably want to hear, which is, well, how do I get him to buy into my ideas and my suggestions? And that's because I can't tell you that because that would be irresponsible. I need you. I need people to understand that it's, that that's not the real issue. The real, the real issue is not about whether he buys into my ideas or not. The real issue is what do I have to do to strengthen my trust so that I can see that whether his ideas panned out or not has nothing to do with him and has to do more with the creator. And so all I can do is support him in his effort, which is what he is responsible for. So as long as I can support him in his effort, and the only way I can do that is by me being tranquil, by my bitachon being strong, right? And my trust that he is the person I'm meant to be in, with in my life, then I can be enthusiastic about this marriage. Then I could be supportive. And then that will trickle into his efforts. Make sense? Nuanced, complicated. It's not, it's not simple. But we got to get this, guys. We got to get it. Okay. Uh, important. Next question. Um, it's been a long time since my husband asks for a raise. He wants one, but he's nervous to ask. What can I say to encourage him? Amazing. 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 We've been in this one, too. So here, here's the reminder for both of you, for yourself and your husband. And we're, you're going to say it as using you as the example, right? You're going to share with him how you know 
that whatever race he gets is not the responsibility of the manager across from him. It's not his, his boss and his mat or his manager is not responsible for that. And once he hears that you get that, he will start getting it. And that's what he needs. That's really what he needs. What he needs is to sit in that meeting and negotiate, right? That's what God has told me. You work in the natural order of things. And we have an order where at some point in our business careers, we have to actually negotiate, but you don't go and negotiate thinking that that person at the opposite end of the table is responsible for your salary increase. If God wants him to have that money, that bonus or that salary increase, he will send it in any which way. There are millions, millions and millions of ways which God can send the money. The problem is we think the money is going to come from that negotiation. So again, that's why I'm saying this is a lot more complex. So what we have to share with our husband is our enthusiasm for the fact that he's going to go do what he's supposed to do, which is negotiate and remind him, by the way, you're going to do so great. Remember, God is in charge. If you, you know, whatever happens from this, it's all good because it's all from God. Go do it. Go do your best. And just remember, you're not talking to the person across from you. Like you're, you're doing the natural process. I shouldn't say you're not talking. You're doing the natural process, but I'm with you no matter what, right? That's all they want to hear. They want to know. They want to make us happy. They want to be in this, in this union. They want to feel that this union is intact, that, that, that money is not something that's going to come and threaten this union that it, they entered with. And so that's, that's, that's what we're looking for. Just to build on that, though, sometimes people are afraid to go into that office. They're afraid maybe that they're not doing such a good job or for a million reasons why they're afraid. They don't want to they don't want to start the conversation with their boss and hear that, you know, you're lucky you even have this job, you know, mm -hmm. so they may not want to go in. So while, yes, of course, the end of the result of the conversation is whatever Hashem has planned, but there is a perhaps a better way to go into the conversation so that either with confidence or a better choice of words. And that may be what they're afraid of. So yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. Um, so here's going back to, we can't make people change. We can't make people do right. We have to allow the natural process. And by, again, by us being less, more braver, bolder, right? By them seeing us take confident steps in whatever we do, perhaps we work, perhaps we do other things that are bold and, 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 and we exhibit um, an ability to manage our fears and do things outside of our comfort zone. That helps them. What doesn't help them is telling them, we don't have enough money. You have to go talk to your boss. That's what doesn't, that it doesn't help. So that definitely doesn't help, but not having the conversation, the boss, very few bosses are going to say, Hey, you haven't asked me for a raise in the last three years. Absolutely. 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 So we have to communicate that, that we're there for him, that there, he's going to do something scary, but it's okay to do some scary things in life. And it's, and you're going to be okay. Again, going back, you're going to be okay with the result. Cause the bottom line, part of the fear is if I fail, my wife is going to X, Y, Z, right? She can't handle it. Right. Right. So I'm okay, but let's do this. Go, go and go. I'm with you. Just go do it. You've done, done hard things before. Right. And have him see you do hard things. And again, making that visible. So if you do hard things that he doesn't really know it, then it's, you know, I mean, you're still doing the hard thing, but you're missing an opportunity. Right. 
Okay, um, okay, here's a similar, I guess, but I believe in sometimes it takes money to make money. My husband's afraid of that. He doesn't want to spend what we can't afford and he doesn't want to take a loan. We'll never get out of this financial problem as it is like, like this. So interesting question. Two things that I note from this question. The last part is very telling. We'll never get out of the situation as it is. Okay. Red flag there. Again, let's work on that thinking. Let's work on that. That has nothing to do with your husband. And the other part of this question that is interesting that I would um, encourage this person to, um, to work on is the, we can't, we, we can't afford it. So again, if, you both are aware of the numbers. And the reality is that right now the numbers do not allow for that expense, then let's figure out a way that we can actually afford it. But it sounds from it sounds from the way the, the question is phrased that perhaps he knows something about the numbers and therefore he 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 can't allow for more, more expenses. And she feels like, no, we have to do it. We could do it. We could somebody. So I feel like this is an instance where we have to come together again, talk about the numbers, talk about our money story. How comfortable are we with debt? How comfortable are we with risk? Right. It sounds like he's not comfortable with debt. And it sounds like she's okay, perhaps with debt, or maybe she doesn't even know the extent of the debt that, that these things could, could imply. Right. So what I would encourage um, this person is, let's try to sit together and talk about this more concretely with the numbers in front of us and understand what's our comfort level on each of these things. And let's work on that end part of the situation where we'll never, of the statement or the question, we'll never get out of the situation because that there, therein lies like a really, a, a, a belief that, that needs to be worked on basically. Another question, Yael. So uh, my husband's an entrepreneur. It's been four years. And, okay, and his business is closing. And I guess it's hard for him. What do I do to hard. keep encouraging him? And beside that, I am worried. It's so, it's amazing that, it's amazing that you're, you're, it's beautiful that you're concerned about him. Like, you're taking the right approach. Like you realize that it's so hard for him. We had a similar situation where we had to close down a business. It is really, really hard. But I can only say from the way you worded the question that you're already ahead of most people and that you see how you have to be there for him and that you have, you said, I am worried, right? So you recognize that you have to work on your worries. So it just goes back. So keep Keep working on your bitachon. If you can learn bitachon about bitachon together, I think that's something that helped me and my husband tremendously. And I've seen so many other couples do. Okay. If that's the type of relationship that you can have, or even if you learn it on your own, and then you can communicate some of the things that you're learning and in your language, it's exhibited, right? And again, the language is of, it's going to be okay. There are going to be other opportunities and we're going to get out of this. And he should feel that you're in it, that you're not... You know, a lot of people, especially in our generation where so many of us are children of divorced parents, okay, a lot of the money story and the fears come with are around, oh my gosh, if I fail or if something goes wrong, she will leave me, right? So I want people to be aware that there is a narrative that some of us have, okay, and we have to be cognizant of that. 
we want to be in a union. We want to be in a relationship. We want to feel supported. And if he's the main breadwinner and it's his business, which is ultimately both our businesses, but okay, but he runs that business. And for whatever reason, we are having to close it down. It's extremely hard, but you can get through it together if you're really together, right? If he feels that you're not going to jump ship because that's his main worry. Makes sense. And then again, once he's in that cycle of worry, he goes downward in his thinking and his creativity and everything else. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the biggest support that we can give them so that they don't go to that dark place. But just to say that sometimes businesses close, jobs change, and new opportunities are open. Sometimes that business was just keeping us very narrow-minded in, in that space. And now that you're kind of forced into something new, you never know what the new opportunities are. So, so I remember reading once, Dr. Torsky wrote in one of his books that when every time he gets into a hard space, while it's hard, he gets very excited about what's coming next. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the shell I'm going to crack this time? <laughs> so while it's hard when you're in it, and then you're, but looking backwards, it, it's, it was the next step to something more wonderful, or at least more interesting. Right, right, right. And, and, and by the way, uh, this is not to suggest that this is easy. Okay. Like I know that I do with my students, a lot of emotional freedom technique and tapping where we try to tap away the feelings of anxiety so that we can welcome the openness to the challenge and the possibilities and the excitement and the curiosity for what's coming and all of that. This is, this is work. This is work. We're not, we're not minimizing the work, but at least we're trying to plant the seed and make all of us here in this room aware of the kind of work that we want to be embarking on. Right. Um, okay. I think there was another question that came in. Oh, interesting. I heard that asking my husband for a nicer vacation or a bigger apartment, a new furniture would encourage him to make more money based on the idea that husbands want to make the wives happy. I love this question. I do think that husbands want to make us happy. I do. I do. I do really think. And I think um, one of the things that I really recommend is for us to share our dreams. Is for us to, there is a difference between sharing our dreams and sharing, making a part of a picture together, right? Like my husband knows that I dream of water, right? I grew up in the water. I will always want to go back to the water, right? But there are other values that we are advancing also, but like there's these dreams, right? It's okay to share dreams. That sounds to me, or it is to me a little bit different than saying, I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this, right? There's like these things we're working towards. Remember last week we talked about how Instead of thinking that it's a no, it's how can we get there and how can we build a savings account to fund this thing that is important for, for my spouse or spouse or for both of us. Right. So I do think that there is value in bringing your husband into your dreams and in sharing your dreams because they do want to make you happy and they will again, rise slowly, but surely some faster than others. It all depends on what's going on, right? To that expectation of you're part of this dream. I'm making this happen for you, but it has to be uh, together. I shouldn't even say for you with you, right? That's what we're going for. So I think there's a subtle difference between saying all the things that we want and allowing our husbands to know our dreams are and involving them in that, making them a part of that, not in a way that 
you, Prince Charming, need to deliver this checklist. But this is what I would love to build. And, and by the way, his dreams also, again, it should be a safe space where these things, we can both talk about them. Now, if you loved me, you would figure out a way to do this for me. Not that. Yes, not that, please. Not that bold. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one, uh, oh, this is, there's one other question. Then there's a really important question. Hold on. Is it helpful to tell him the impact of his action or inaction is having on you or on the family? Uh, like basically you know, letting him know that you have worried you are. Letting him know, I didn't hear that. Letting him know Letting that? him know how worried you are or how it's making you sick to your stomach with worry. Mm -hmm. Is that because on the one hand you're being transparent on the other hand, uh, I don't see how that's helpful. I also, I'm with you on this one, Devora. Again, the, uh, we have to work on ourselves. We have to work on ourselves. It, God puts us this opportunity to marry, be married to this person and puts us this challenge for, with this opportunity. It's on us. We have to work on ourselves. I don't yeah. think there's much benefit in, in because they have, they have their own worry, their own struggle, right? They also have to strengthen that for themselves. So we don't need to add to that. They, again, they know, they know the numbers. So how can we be supportive and adding the, the worry and the anxiety and the panic is not, um, it's not helpful. If you need to talk it through, there's lots of other people, almost yeah. anybody, but your spouse Yeah. and probably not your parents either. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Let's talk to God. Let's talk to a mashpia, a mentor, right? Let's open a safer. Um, let's say it's something like there's other things that we can do to strengthen ourselves and then we will be strengthening them. But expressing the, that worry only, only makes them go down instead of up. Okay. So this last question that came in is to unmarried women or to very newlywed women, how do they start a healthy space around, we spoke last time about having to have conversation, but how to encourage him uh, to uh, make uh, Parnassa, or especially when some people come in without Parnassa, they go into Kolal or whatever. So how do we get them on the right track to getting a Parnassa? Well, first of all, I love that we're already thinking about starting early. I actually have a couple, they just got married last week and they already want to meet with me. I think it's the most adorable thing, right? Like this is exactly what we want, right? So yes, I would encourage this person just married, invite your spouse on a money date. And again, we can, you can listen to the replay of last week of how we were not going to just talk about like the numbers right away, but let's just start talking about our values. Let's talk about our family history, about all those important things that start setting the stage for this. This becomes something that we can talk about and, and make sure that then we're going to talk about numbers and all the things that start making this normal, normalizing, talking about money, normalizing, understanding that there will be feelings that we all have very strongly and that we're going to respect each other. And we're going to individually work through that. Um, but that we're going to make this a normal part of our marriage for growth and not for the opposite. And just realize that many families go through ups and downs of money. It's some, fam some families coast through life, but many, many don't. And it's about the family and the relationship that really is what's going to really pull us through the whole of life. A hundred, a hundred and ten percent, a hundred and ten percent. It's, a, it's an entire journey. And again, keeping the focus on the fact that 
The money is this wonderful resource that God is sending and sends in myriads of ways. And there's going to be ebbs and flows to this thing, right? And being okay with that together, right? Again, we're together in this. It's okay. I appreciate you and this relationship for so much more than just the finances, just the money. It's not about that, right? Well, it's not only about the Parnassus. I'm going to go back to the insurance example, but there's many other ways. We make money so that things can, so we can buy things. But just say, if you like to travel, maybe you can get a job that pays for your travel and doesn't have to come through your Parnassus. There's other ways to get the things. You know, for sometimes if you volunteer as a, in or you know, a counselor in camp, your kids can get camp for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's other ways for the things. It doesn't have to always come through. Parnassa. So I think that just looking for other ways to get the things that you want is another way of looking at it. It doesn't have to come from, you know, go through the IRS, you know, like kind of, it doesn't have to come through that way. I love that. I love that creativity. Yes. Devorah, there's a, there's a question that came to me. Do you want me to um, ask it? Do you want me to answer it? I don't think you can see it. I think it was direct. Then go for it. I didn't, I, I answered all those that came directly to me. This, this, um, this listener says, how do you navigate when a spouse spends too much time at work? What is the best way to deal with that? Well, we know the way not to deal with it, right? Which is you never spend time to me. You're always in the office. <laughs> that obviously is not working. So um, there are other creative ways. Like we can ask them out. We can, if we share calendars, which by the way, I recommend you do with your husband. You can put the date on your calendars, right? And you could tell him it's a surprise um, when he asks where, what is this about, right? Um, and you can also say, I really would love to spend this Sunday with you. The kids are going to be at my parents, you know? Can we take the morning for ourselves? Like, it's okay to express that, right? It's, it's a safe space. Um, so don't be scared to say, but what, what I would not do is say, you don't spend enough time with me. You're always in the office. <laughs> But the other thing is that sometimes he's so stressed that you don't even want to spend time with that stress. So what would you do with that? Right. So that's where when we do get them to go out, we can set the environment so that he can actually disconnect. Right. So that's where a little bit of the creativity comes in where we can plan an outing that is kind of not conducive to being checking your cell phone all the time, for example, right? So we have to, you know, we have to use our creativity as women here very often, (laughs) guys, but we have to, we have to plan these things. We can't just expect that to, you know, if they're really career driven and they're really doing amazing things and all the things, and you are being an incredibly supportive wife, um, you're going to still have to be creative and trying to carve time out of his day or days for you um and 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 share it okay here's okay i think we'll take this as our last question mm-hmm. um okay if he gets you a present are you shaming him by asking how much it costs which is not quite on our topic but the question's there if he gets you a present, are you shaming him by not by asking him how much it costs? So I want to talk about this as 
with the issue of receiving, I think we have to, we have to learn to receive and it's not really our topic. We could spend a lot more time talking about how to receive. And it's something that a lot of people we need work on. Okay. Um, because I don't think it's about shaming. I think it just, it, 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 the opportunity to just receive and for the other one to be a giver and for us to be the receiver there is lost if we do that. So I would tread very carefully. So it's not so much about the shame. It's about that energy of receiving, giving and receiving. Okay. And yes, in your money dates, you could later on have conversations about the budget and the spending and all that. But in the moment, I would really, really stay away from asking how much that costs and just allow yourself, please, to receive happily. If there is a spending issue at large in the marriage, that's something that we need to address. Yes. And, and it's a separate thing. But in that moment, let's just not go there yet. And possibly there isn't a spending issue. But I'm just saying for those who might be wondering, no, no, but he, I know he's overspending, you know. There's a time and a place for that. And it's another, the money date. Another whole talk about, you know, accepting what he what he gives or accepting what she gives. We're talking to both genders, and maybe they're giving it for other reasons. That's not just for you for keeping up with the Joneses. Like that's a whole different talk. We're not even going right. There. Exactly. Okay. So as we wind down, is do you have uh, final thoughts on this topic? Um, two final thoughts. Okay. Two things that I want us to keep front and center when the Torah tells us that we're an Eitzer Connecto, that we're a helpmate opposite him, <laughs> we're a helpmate. And yes, there is room for the opposite me, right? There is room for us to go against our husband, meaning guide him if we see his breaking something in his relationship between man and man or relationship between him and God, right? But that's not a biblical injunction to just constantly criticize your husband. So let's be mindful of the helper here, right? And how do I work on myself so that that trickles onto him? So again, there's more focus here on us than it is on him. And the second part, which is part of this, but it's something I want us to leave it to leave as a nugget is the bless his blessings or sages tell us come through his wife. So again, I'm going to say it because it needs to sink in. The blessings come through his wife. The more we work on ourselves, the more the blessing. And if I'm going to add one final thing to that, the more bitachon, the more parnasa. So let's work on ourselves, on our bitachon. Let's work on our communication. Let's work on those skills so that we can strengthen him and so that the bracha can flow. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Yael. Okay, good night, all. This was great. Thank you, guys. Good night. Thank you, Devorah. Amazing work.